You have queued up The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? Welcome to another episode of The Brulette Tapes. I'm Susan James. I'll be your host for this edition. Today we feature the work of violist and composer Jessica Pavone. We'll hear samples of her live performances from the Roulette Concert Archive as she discusses her history as a composer and her current project for string octet and two soloists. We'll hear excerpts of her CD release concert from 2019's Brick and Mortar, a section of her song cycle, Hope Dawson is Missing, and other projects. First, Jessica Pavone in duet performance with guitarist Mary Halverson. Enjoy. Thank you. 
My name is Jessica Pavone and I'm currently an active violist and composer. I started playing music as a young child. I was just always drawn to the sound of the violin. I don't come from a musical family. Nobody in my family was a musician, but I started asking for a violin at the age of three. Don't know why, and it was just very persistent request. And sometime around age five, my parents signed me up for lessons and I just studied music throughout. Like I can't remember ever not studying music. I started on violin, then I picked up piano, and I switched to viola when I was maybe in junior high, and then I also started playing upright bass in high school. So I've always had like a like a very curious um, really, really curious about learning a lot of different instruments. It took me a while to sort of settle into what, you know, what I wanted to do. And I feel like that's actually kind of representative of all of those concerts you just mentioned representative of like all of these different things I tried and approaches I took to music before settling into where I am now. I did go to the Hart School of Music in Hartford in the mid-90s and I studied viola and music education. Um, worked as a school teacher for a few years and moved to New York and then worked, you know, started, I started composing at that time. I didn't start composing music until after I had finished school and I started working with a composer a musician collective that I had befriended around that time that was based around Wesleyan University. I had met Anthony Braxton sometime in the late 90s and it was a really fertile community of uh, students who had just graduated around my age range kind of sticking around Connecticut not sure what the next move was and we all just got together every week, we had a group we would all write for and play each other's pieces. And I had always wanted to write music, but I didn't understand that as an option. And my school was very conservative and uh, the departments were very segregated. So I didn't really have the option to write music or take a composition class because there was, there was such a, a plethora of requirements just to get my degree that I, that, that I was consumed with. Um, so I sort of came to composing and improvising on my own after I was free of the, the music school situation and that's really when everything opened up for me and moved to New York shortly after and just was working as a musician and at that time figuring out what, you know, where, where my creative voice lied, you know, so I feel like the first 10 years of me composing and putting groups together and a lot of those bands that you mentioned and concerts that I've done at Roulette starting back to, dating back to 2005 was also like an exploration in me figuring out how, what where my voice is and how, even just how to write music. Like that concert you just spoke of in 2008, that was just, that, that project, that Pavone's show, was a result of me um, sensing that I was cons cons consistently writing for the same instrumentation, writing for strings, and I wanted to write for other instruments. So I created a band that consisted of winds and rhythm section and I played bass and just to expand what my capabilities were as a composer and at that point which was all self-taught around 2007 I did go back to school I went to Brooklyn College um, and I got a degree in music composition yeah and then life just continued on after that some other concerts at Roulette there was a tricentric orchestra concert in 2015 that I had written a a piece for that was I started around 2013-2015 I had gotten some commissions to write for larger ensembles and at that 
point, I had written for Tricentric Orchestra and for Experiments in Opera for Chamber Choir. And then some point around 2017, I focused back on string instruments. And I feel like that's where I am now, and that's where my work has been for the past five years. So that's sort of a long-winded trajectory of all the places I've gone over the past 20 years. But I feel like it's all important and informs you know, every step. So sometime around 2012, I had suffered a pretty severe injury and I wasn't able to play music for a little while and so I had a lot of time to think about all of the work that I had done up until then because I started maybe writing music around 2000, between 2000 and 2012. A lot of trial and error, a lot of putting groups together, figuring things out, learning by doing, and there was kind of like a very, um, very abrupt halt to that and at that time. I thought a lot about the fact that my earliest and my first relationship to music was playing an instrument, was playing the violin. That was the first experience I had had. So I just started thinking about what do I love, what, what is it about playing the instrument, what even in my development, what always attracted me to it. And it really was the feeling of playing an instrument. I enjoy the tactile experience, the feeling of playing music with people or alone. It was never necessarily about like the repertoire that I was given to perform. It was more about I enjoyed the physicality of playing this instrument. And from there, I when I started getting back into playing, I've always big part of my practice has always been long tones. So that would have that was the first place I I picked up again and I just played long tones and you know was instantly reminded that how much I just enjoy that feeling of just having the vibration in your body, under your chin, zoning out to long tones, just focusing on the quality of the sound of the instrument. And from there, I started to develop solo music, solo language, and just thought, of what is it that I enjoy to play? I enjoy playing things that are repetitive. I enjoy playing things that are textural. I enjoy playing, sometimes there's a rhythmic motive, or I mean a melodic motive, but I did start to develop solo music then and I like what I liked about solo playing too is I didn't need to depend on anyone I could play 
a concert wherever, whenever I can go anywhere. I did a lot of solo tours around that time. I could just travel by myself. And in doing a lot of solo concerts, what's different about solo music is that the other projects I had worked on, even if there were elements of improvisation, there's always a score. I was always notating because I was presenting the work to someone else and that's the language which I know to communicate. And writing solo music, I wasn't necessarily writing notation out. I would write like notes to myself or I would decide how long a piece would be and what, what I would be f filling it in with. So maybe a piece is eight minutes long and you live in this sound for two minutes and you live in that sound for two minutes and another texture for three minutes. And so when I'm in solo performance, I started using a clock and timing myself just to make sure I didn't rush through my ideas. Cause there is this, there's a different element of nerves when you're playing solo because you're very hyper aware of the people in, or I mean, I've worked on that. Like just, there's, you're the only performer. There's nobody to bounce off of. So it's really depends on you to time yourself. So I started using a clock, a digital clock to time myself to make sure the pieces were the right length, to make sure I didn't rush through things. And they were all kind of based on this sort of time, time-based structure. And so, after you know five years of creating solo work like this, I still was composing music. Like I said, I had written an orchestra piece and a choir piece. I was still writing music, and then it kind of occurred to me to sort of take the approach of writing my solo music into an ensemble. And so I created an ensemble of four string players, which um, I sort of adapted some of those time-based ideas. But the scores aren't entirely time-based. I still use notation and sometimes play around with alternating between the two within a piece so that there is freedom for the musicians to explore in a space, but there is still enough of a, a structure that the piece has a form and a definitive beginning and end and an identity.
Okay, so Hope Dawson is Missing is a song cycle that I created in 2010 and 11 um, with the support of an Emerging Artist Grant, the German Foundation Emerging Artist Grant. And it is, there was a preliminary work that happened before that, um, that piece. This is some of my earlier string writing. I had, um, somewhere around 2007, I started writing for, I wanted to write for string quartet. I was really interested in song cycle the idea of song cycle, and I put together a quartet of violin, viola, cello, and double bass. And I, the, the record, the project I did before Hope Dawson is Missing was called Songs of Sinistry and Solitude, which was violin, viola, cello, double bass, and then with Hope Dawson is Missing, I augmented that ensemble. I used the same players, and, and the idea was the bass player, it could be part of the string quartet, but also part of a rhythm section, so I added guitar and drums, so the bass player was sort of the pivotal musician between the two separate ideas, and then I had a, a singer because I had written lyrics for that project.
Coming up, Jessica discusses her current project, Lull, a composition for string octet and soloists in four movements. She discusses the project and the concert coming up at Roulette. So as I was speaking of my solo music earlier and how I started to develop it for ensemble, the first iteration was for a string quartet of two violins and two violas. And again, the way I augmented the string quartet uh, for Hope Dawson is missing to the larger version. It was kind of a similar approach where I, I had been working with a ensemble of two violins and two violas and I had an idea to augment the ensemble and add the lower strings. So there's now two cellos and two basses, so there's eight string players. And also, since solo music and my, my, my personal relationship with my exploration of my instrument is such an important part of my language, I decided to invite other solo musicians who work in that way with their solo language to be soloists in the in in the piece the piece is four movements and the two middle movements were written around the language of the soloist that i had chosen the first being brian chase who's a percussionist and the second is nate woolley who's um, a trumpet player both of who have body of solo work that i've admired for a long time they're both friends and colleagues and yeah, it just made sense to me almost like to make a, like a, almost a concerto, like to play on the idea of a concerto where there's a string ensemble with a featured soloist and the solo movements are highlighting their virtuosity, but in this case, the virtuosity is their language that they've created. So I did meet with them and, you know, a big part of what we talked about before I wrote the pieces was I wanted to know their favorite things to play in their solo language and I also wanted to know what felt good. So in working with Nate, what is your favorite, I, I based the entire piece for Nate around one pitch, but I asked him what is your favorite pitch to play on the trumpet and let's work with that because I firmly believe that playing music should feel good. Not always, I mean there's, there's definitely it's good to challenge yourself but unnecessarily contorting ourselves to create art, which happens a lot in the classical tradition, is just, it's really, it's kind of um, negatively affected how I feel about creating music. So I, yeah, I wanted it to feel good. What are your favorite things to do? How does it feel? And then I designed, it was a nice challenge for me to write around someone else's idea. It was a form of, you know, collaboration. You're listening to a concert from 2019, the Jessica Pavone String Ensemble.
the work of violist and composer Jessica Pavone. One of the artists featured in the Roulette Concert Calendar, the work that we've heard is all from the Roulette Concert Archive. The Roulette Tapes is a production of Roulette Intermedia. This project is made possible in part with support from the National Endowment for the Arts and the Grammy Museum and has been named a 2021 Webby Award honoree. Our executive producer is David Weinstein. I'm Susan James. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.